Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Radiate with Rita podcast, your women's health and wellness podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode. I have Anne Cody on, and I'm going to tell you what, guys, this lady right here is realistically the human that got me into the wellness space and kind of like helping me find my healing with endometriosis. So I'm super excited to have her on today and excited for her to kind of share a little bit more about her and her journey with endo. And then we're going to talk about some things that even women without endometriosis can relate to. So Anne, welcome. I'm super excited for you to be here today. I'm excited. Thank you for thinking of me. Of course. So I want to take some time to have you kind of tell us a little bit about you and your health and wellness journey, your story with endometriosis and how all this kind of ties in together. Yeah. So my place in as a coach basically started similar to yours in that I got sick (laughs) And it turned ended up turning into an entire career. Um, I would say I was sick with endo symptoms for like a good 10 years before I got any type, before any doctor mentioned the word endometriosis to me. Um, so by 24, that was when the first time, or that was the first time that I had the word endo brought up. And it was basically like, I had been put on birth control for I don't know how many years at this point. So like my freshman year of college was the first time that I went to the doctor specifically like, I think something's wrong. Like my periods were bad from the jump from like age 13 to what, 19. And my freshman year of college was the point when I made the connection of like, oh, these are getting worse. And now my, that's when I started having gut issues. And I made the connection between the two and I went to the doctor and I was like, I think these periods are like not, this is not like not how it's supposed to be. I had like no knowledge of endometriosis or any other type of chronic health conditions, to be honest. We didn't have like social media in our faces at the time, like talking about anything. And that was the first time a doctor was like, okay, we're going to put you on birth control. And in hopes that it would just like stop the periods. And that was like, that was it. Um, so cut to like several years later, the birth control had me in like less crippling cycles, but I was spotting 24-7. And by 24-7, I mean probably like eight months straight <laughs> um, to the point where that was like not stopping. That was just like a visible issue. And my gut health was like a disaster to the point where I would eat and I would just like lay down and fall asleep like I my body was not absorbing anything so after being on the pill for an extended period of time my doctor's like oh it sounds like you have endometriosis we're going to do a diagnostic surgery so that was like the starting point of like and having endo 10 years in <laughs> um so yeah so I to that point had just been passed around from doctor to doctor like many of us unfortunately we have to go through. I had the laparoscopic surgery. They did an ablation surgery. So my problem areas, according to my surgeon at the time, was like my intestines, which explains why my I would eat and just knock out. Nothing was moving through my system. Um, you know, my appendix was removed. The very like routine situation that I think a lot of women experience. Um, and 
yeah, so I had surgery and my doctor basically was like, oh, well, the only way to cure endo, which we know is like not Air really quotes around cure. Yeah. Either get pregnant or have a hysterectomy, which we know is not, don't listen to any doctor that tells you that. Um, she basically told me that get pregnant or have hysterectomy. I was 24 at the time. So like neither of those things was happening. I had the surgery and then I was just automatically put on the hormonal IUD and sent on my way. So at 24, she's like, oh, well, you're not going to get better. The surgery should last like one to two years to like slow the growth of endo. That was like my diagnosis and like treatment plan in like literally a four day period. It was like Thursday, I was told this Monday, I had surgery. And then I was like sent on my way. Um, so at the time, I was actually not a health coach or anything, I had decided to start studying, like, getting a personal trainer certification, basically, for myself at this time, just because exercise was the one thing that I was, like, noticeably helpful, um, and then things that evolved from there, it has evolved into a career since then. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my, like, early on experience. I had like basically left my, I was working for tech startups at the time and nannying. <laughs> um, and I started starting to become a personal trainer and ended up working at a gym and then made that transition from doing like fun things in the tech startup to like, oh, if I'm like marketing for this brand, it was fun and it was creative, but I was like, I want to be able to help people the way that it's been helping me. So I switched over to like let me market myself and share my journey and I believe that's when we like connected online yes I I just I don't even know how I came across your Instagram but I was like oh she's got endo and she works out and like I just I learned so much from Anne's page y'all like when I say she was the first account that I came across that like was about endo and like fitness but also like incorporate a holistic approach to it all I mean I was like I was just shocked. And I live in a very small town in South Carolina. So when I say like, we don't have access to doctors or even like holistic doctors around here that really like understand endo or even just like our regular OBGYNs. I mean, most don't understand it, but like I just, and then mm -hmm. like social media really wasn't a thing when I first got my diagnosis, you know, like 12 years ago. So when I came across your page, like I had tried it all. I'd done the birth control. I hadn't ever like, you know, figured out all these holistic ways to manage my symptoms. But whenever like, I, I just learned so much from you and I was like, whoa, like this girl is awesome. So kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, your holistic approach to managing your symptoms and how that's helped you. Yeah. So like I said, I started coaching, um, I was working at a New York sports club, which is like a corporate gym. Um, and during that time, my hours were so crazy that my body physically could not handle it. And I think that's like one of the big things with women who struggle with endo is like, you can't, you can't do these like crazy jobs, crazy schedules and just like push through like your body will literally shut it down. So that's what my body was doing. Um, so I ended up going off on my own. I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. So like, I'm nannying still at this time. So I live in New York and everyone's got all the jobs. <laughs> so I'm like nannying and one-on-one -on -one training. Um, and I actually got connected with another coach who focuses a lot on releasing, like as if you were to go and get a massage, they're going to like work out your muscles very targeted. And he had 
come up with a way to do it yourself. So like with the lacrosse ball, but like the most targeted, helpful self-release techniques. And that was kind of opened the doors for me in terms of like how I can manage things um, on my own. Um, I'm a big advocate for like massage, deep tissue work. I do cupping. I try to do cupping once, um, anything to help my body recover better and get my circulation back up and break up, you know, cupping is great because it breaks up inflammation. It gets your blood flow going. It's like, it's like releasing on crack. <laughs> um, but so they kind of introduced me to all of that. And that became such a key part in like managing my endo. I honestly, in New York, we have like great doctors everywhere. I was still passed around from, I went to the, um, the NYU Research Center for endometriosis actually when I was like really sick post-surgery. And I didn't have my medical records at the time because my surgeon was no longer with the hospital. All of our records were placed with some like other party and I could not get them and they wouldn't help me. So like we had the best of the best doctors and I literally walked out of the office in tears. I was like, you can't tell me anything. Like even dietary wise, you know, like what I could do to um, help my system or like anything to avoid, you know, like anything. She's like, oh, I can't help you without your records. And I was like, why are you here? <laughs> but I think so many of us have dealt with that theme. Like you feel like hopeless, right? And I thank God I'm like not willing to, when I got the diagnosis, I, it wasn't like, I was so sick at that point that I was willing to do surgery, whatever they said would like help me, but I was not willing to stay sick. And I like never let that thought like enter my head. Like, oh my God, this is the end. Like, I'm 24 and I'm going to be sick for my for the rest of my life. My response to that was like, no way am I doing that. Like you can't, I just started. <laughs> I like, I just got out of college. I'm working like, no way. Is that like my, you know, so every time I walked out of those doctor's offices with rejection, I was like, okay. So one thing I did consistently, and I didn't even like really realize it at the time, but this became like a tactic I would also use with my clients. I would log anything that like felt good in my system. And I was like, this has to be part of my like daily routine. And I think when you're like, you get some type of diagnosis, it's like so overwhelming, all of the information out there. And it's like, great, now we have social media, right? And you have people talking about, oh, I do this to help me. I do this to help me. And it's, it's amazing. And then it's also so overwhelming that that in itself is stressful because you're like, I don't even know where to start. And if I could say like anything to help managing whatever type of condition it is, it's like when you wake up, like, what thing can you do today to support your system? And that's kind of how I took things from that point on. I was like, I, it took me probably seven doctors to find a gyno who was like, great. And he doesn't just push medicine. Every time I go in there, he's like, brings me into his office afterwards. And he's like, okay, it's, he, it's a male. So he learns so much from his patients. And he's like, it's my job to help you and educate you, but it's also my job to learn from my patients. So like how has wow. your experience been? And yeah, amazing. My but jaw just went like, <gasps> yeah. And it took me so long to find him. And at this point I'm like years into knowing I had endo. And, um, but at that point I had like a whole journal arsenal of like 
well, I've experienced this with my gut health and I've experienced this. I need this amount of sleep despite people telling you you're good with like seven hours, right? I'm like, I need like eight and a half to nine on like, you know, and it's like, I would journal everything to the point where it was like, this is how my routine needs to be. And like, I think that's part of why self-employment like needs to be my thing. I can kind of cater my, <laughs> yeah, cater my schedule to how I actually need to like function. So. I love that. I love that a lot. And I think like being self-employed is a beautiful thing. Like trying to work in a nine to five system with a chronic illness is very challenging. I did it and almost lost my job because of all my sick days. Like yeah, I couldn't, I had to dress up for work every day. And I'm like, well, I didn't really need to be wearing sweatpants today. Or I like, yeah. I had to call out the days I couldn't put pants on because I was so bloated and so inflamed. But once you like figure out what works for you, um, you know, and what best manages your symptoms, I really think that's what helps really helps us, you know, having that toolkit, which I know is something that we were kind of talking about before this podcast, having that toolkit of, you know, like what works for you, like everyone with endo is going to need something different. And like you said, like social mm -hmm. media can be a really great tool, but there's so much info and you might be looking at yeah. some journey and they're like on chapter 11 and you're at chapter one. So like a newbie to endo is going to need a totally different approach than somebody who has been kind of, you know, navigating through their journey with endo for like 10 to 12 plus years. And they're kind of like maybe diving into their gut health a little bit more or something like that. So I don't know. I love the fact that you talked about this journal and the fact that you took so much time to like, just journal the things that make you feel your best. And like, maybe like things that were triggering you too. Cause I think that, you know, so many people are just like not in tune with their bodies. And like, when you have a chronic mm -hmm. illness, you really have to be in tune with your body. You even if you don't be. have a chronic illness, even if you're just a woman listening and you have period problems, like super painful periods, or you do struggle with gut issues, really taking the time to kind of keep little logs like this can kind of help you figure out like what exactly your triggers are and what exactly you need. So I know before, um, before we started recording, we kind of talked about the fact that you coach women who don't have endometriosis too. So like, I know we kind of talked about knowing what works best for us, but what are some strategies you're able to kind of help teach your clients who don't have endometriosis and how has that helped them in their life on their health and wellness journeys? Yeah, so it's funny because I always send out like a, you know, a health questionnaire before I work with anyone so I can kind of get to see where their starting point is. And included in that is, you know, like, do you have any hormonal, hormonal issues? Do you have any gut issues, food sensitivities, all that? And everyone's always like, no, or they'll say, I have no um, allergies, food sensitivities or gut issues. Oh, but I'm like bloated all the time. Or they'll be like, I don't have any, you know, health conditions. They're like, I have really bad periods. And it's like, even when you don't have necessarily, you're not necessarily like someone who has endometriosis or PCOS or any like known diagnosed condition. So many of us struggle with the same things. And like, we all have to take care of ourselves. Like I said, you wake up and it's like, what can I do to support my system today? So that's kind of like at the basis of my coaching. And I think like we were saying, you look online and all these things that we're supposed to do that's healthy and it's like super overwhelming. And my like main rule, and this goes for everything, is how you feel after something. So like how you feel after you ate something, how you feel at the end of the day with your job, how you feel after, you know, interacting with this individual. Like you should feel good. Anything that's good for you and your system, 
should feel you should feel better afterwards yeah. right your yeah. exercise if you're over exercising you feel exhausted after you, you did too much right and I'm like if you keep that simple thought in my mind it's like okay I just ate this meal and I feel good I want to go like go for a walk I want to go work out I'm ready to like be productive cool if you eat and you feel tired you feel sluggish you feel cold it's like okay what was in this that's like maybe not meshing well with my system same thing for exercise same thing for you're gonna have weeks where you feel great and you're like killing it in the gym right and then you're gonna have weeks where like I feel really tired and unmotivated and like that's normal like that's okay normal so that's where I'm like I approach everyone with the same general advice of like how can we support you this week how can you best take care of yourself what's going to feel good where can you push where do you need more rest whether or not you have endo or any other like like I said any other diagnosed condition it's like we're going to start with the same you want to put real food in your system. You want to make sure you're getting adequate sleep for you and your lifestyle at this like given time, right? If you're having like a really stressful phase with work, pushing crazy in the gym is like not exercise in itself is a stress stressor. So it's like pushing crazy when life is also like kicking your ass is like not beneficial, right? So I always tell my clients like I'm not here to like have you forever. I want you to be able to like adjust things week to week, month to month. So that like down the road, if I'm like not coaching you anymore, you know, like I have this huge thing happening at work. I'm not putting myself on the back burner, but I know how to like modify things. Right. So overall, how can I support myself? I love that. And like so many people forget that exercise is a stressor because it makes most of us feel good. But like so many people do not recognize that it takes discipline to rest. I think it takes more discipline to slow down and rest than it does to actually show up. But you have to be able to know when to sit one out and give your body a break. Because like you said, like if life is wild, you're having a super crazy week at work and you have endo, you probably, and even if you don't Mm -hmm. have endo, you probably don't need to be throwing yourself into a super intense workout. Um, So I think it is a beautiful thing when you do get to that place where you are able to start reading your body and understanding what it needs more, um, because it it really is always telling us what we need. And I know like for us, like (laughs) we've gotten like we have this down to a T we know exactly like for, mo- for the most part, we know exactly like when things are off and when we do need to kind of take a step back and kind of address things. And I especially find that, like, I know, like just from talking to some of the other endo coaches that I interviewed this month, a lot of us like struggle with like knowing our limits. A lot of us like to just mm-hmm. like keep pushing and keep pushing, but it is not sustainable. We are not robots. Right. We definitely need that time to rest and recharge. But so like, I kind of actually want to like circle back around to the musculoskeletal aspect of endometriosis, because I don't think a lot of women understand the impact of endo and scar tissue and all of that on Mm -hmm. our body and how this impacts endo flares. I know I learned a lot about this from you, but I want the world to know all your knowledge in this realm. And because I don't know any other person in the online space really that talks about it. So yeah, so endo or not, I work with all all women right now, all my one-on-one clients, and plenty of them have painful periods, which 
they have gone with like any type of undiagnosed condition. And unfortunately that's like common. Um, and the way I always explain it to everyone is when it comes to like really, uh, really heavy cramps and everything. If you think about your body is getting like inflamed, expanding, cramping, throbbing pain during your period, right? If you work on keeping all of the muscles that attach at the hip loose throughout the month, you don't wait until your period to do this. You do this. I personally will work out three times a week and I'll block off like at least 35, 30 minutes to an hour before my workout to just lay on the floor and release whatever feels tight. If you work on keeping your muscles loose consistently, when your body starts doing its thing during your period and expanding, bloating, if you have an endo belly and your stomach is like triple the size of what it normally would be, you're not going to experience all of that like pulling and aching as your body's expanding because your muscles are already loose. You, If your hamstrings are tight and you go to reach down to the floor and you're like, oh, that hurts, I can't do that. Can you imagine how your body is on your period when everything's expanding and your muscles are tight? You have like pain from like all sides. So I am really big on keeping your body as like loose and de-stressed as possible. So me releasing several times a week, I always make sure to get a massage of some kind, some kind of deep tissue work once a month, either a week before my period is going to start, or I'll do it at the end of my period after it's finished. Um, for that part, um, I don't know if this is an endo thing, an and thing, <laughs> or just periods in general, but I tend to feel worse towards the end of my period, like very drained. My body gets very tight. It feels like my circulation just shuts down. So I'll typically go and get some type of deep tissue work done at the end of my period to kind of my body reset, um, whether that's a deep tissue massage, cupping. I go to um, someone who does combination treatment. So it's like manual release with his hands and cupping and scraping. And he actually helps. I've kind of educated him on endo and like my problem areas. And so he does a really good job of working out my abdominal area. So he'll do the massage you know, in the direction that your intestines would flow to help like help kind of reset your digestion. If you get bloated and backed up, he will massage in the direction that things are supposed to flow. Then he also works around where my incisions are, where I still to this day have scar tissue build up. You can literally feel the masses as he's like massaging them out and it's gotten so much better over time. There used to be like, you could feel like a ball of mass where my incisions were like years later. Um, and now we're at the point where it's like the treatments last longer and longer. So I could technically go two months and still be like, okay. Um, but I swear by self-release and then also getting some type of deep tissue work, at least if you can, if it's doable monthly. Um, and yeah, that in combination with like, you know, sauna and anything can do to help your body assist your body's natural detox process and help your body stay, like I said, loose and keep your circulation up. Cause those are, those for me are the things that really like shut my system down at this point. I find that so many of my endo clients, including myself, we struggle with circulation. A lot of us struggle with stagnant lymph. So things like mm -hmm. 
like dry brushing, getting like deep tissue massages. Massages are really great for helping to support lymphatic drainage. Um, a lot of toxins and stuff can actually kind of get built up under our muscles and stuff too. So getting deep tissue massages can kind of help that. And it can really kind of help flush some things out. Um, like I said, most of us, I know girls need that. Most of us need it anyways, but I don't know. I really find that our population especially struggles with circulation. Mm -hmm. I know for sure. Like for me, I have Raynaud's. Um, so I really struggle with like poor blood circulation in my hands and my feet when it gets cold outside. I don't know how you live in New York, girl. I would die, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm in layers, <laughs> but yeah, definitely taking a lot of these measures are really important, but you also talk a good bit about the core. And I know I've seen you talk on Instagram about like those days where you struggle with engaging your core. And this is for my girls who lift because your core is the foundation of your body. And you guys, if you're not able to properly engage and brace your core, you can seriously injure yourself. And most of my endo babes, most of us endo babes period struggle with pelvic floor dysfunction and stuff as a result of our endo having surgeries and that kind of thing. And we kind of already talked about you know, trying to keep the muscles and stuff loose at the hips, especially because a lot of us struggle with like, you know, our psoas and a lot of those hip flexors being tight, but I kind of want you to elaborate a little bit more on how you go about like modifying your training. If you notice like your endo is kind of flared, or how do you like know that your core is just not really in an optimal place to be training and lifting heavier, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, um, so for me, my incisions are my belly button and then on the left side of my abdomen. So for a very long time, I would go to do, you know, ab exercises, right? And I was like, oh, well, the left side of my core doesn't work. Like, I just accepted, like, we can't, yeah, we can't engage there until I realized how much scar tissue was in the area. And the issue with scar tissue, or one of the issues with scar tissue, is it will harden and lock. It can, like, wrap around muscles. It can wrap around your organs, it can wrap things together. So that's part of why I get those deep tissue work done is to break that up so that I can even move properly, you know, a lot of rotational exercises to help my body unstuck itself. Um, so I'll do, when it comes to my own releasing, I'll take a softball and do, I'll release my psoas. And then when it comes to exercise, if I'm at a point where, so like, during my period, the first day of my period, I usually have this like wild surge of energy and I'm like, can take on the world. And then days two and three is a disaster. I personally, if I'm feeling like it's a heavy period and I just don't want to do too much to like make it worse, uh, that's when I'll stretch. I'll do the sauna. I'll do breathing exercises. I'll let my system chill and do its thing. Um, and like trying to push through a workout when you're feeling either, whether if you're feeling run down, you're in pain, you're, oh, I wanted to squat and I feel like my core is not engaging, like all of those things are your body telling you like, now is not the time. <laughs> That's when you want to modify things. You don't want to injure yourself and create more issues past this point of like your period for the week. Um, and when you're feeling good, that's when you want to focus on. So I, for my clients who have had surgeries for endo, um, one of my clients, for example, we used to be able to do like three reps of some targeted exercise and she was starting like acid reflux and it's like moving everything around. So it's like, okay, so that's your starting point, right? And then it was like, okay, now we can do six reps. 
now she can like get through a workout without her back hurting and without her acid reflux acting up and it's like you have to remember that it's like we all have different starting points and like I said before it's like okay how can what can I do today to like make myself feel better I used to not be able to do like any type of ab work any type of like sit up or like, like nothing I could not feel the left half of my abdomen working and that wasn't like okay we're just gonna like let that be it no it's like okay what can I do to like make this a little bit better keeping everything loose throughout the month right doing making sure you're getting like adequate sleep do stuff that's going to challenge your core without completely like wrecking it making sure your muscles are loose so that when you do go to squat it's not like pulling into an area that is maybe more sensitive for you wow just wow I'm over here like nodding and shaking my head to all this while Anne's talking mm-hmm. we're, we're currently on zoom and I'm going to tell you what guys me not being able to engage the left side of my core has been an ongoing issue for a long period of time for me. And it's something that I've worked with a pelvic physical therapist on pelvic floor physical therapist. I just totally butchered that. Um, and mm-hmm. I still haven't really been able to regain that sensation. And on that side, I have a lot of hip issues and a lot of back issues go figure because I can't really activate anything. And it's just in my left lower core. And it's crazy because I have incisions like in my mid lower, like super pubic region. And then on both sides and they cut, they've cut into the right side more than the left side, but the left side is where I have all the issues. So it's like, dang, what did y'all do when y'all were in there? Because it's like, literally, it's almost like, it's almost like that part of my core is like dead to the world. So maybe the next time, like, and I can activate all other parts of my core, but that one, just my left lower quadrant is just like, it's like the nerves are just donezo so I don't know maybe the next time I go to get a massage I need to have the girl really focus on that area um so thank you for that like I like I really feel like I always have something to learn from you and your content and and post like a lot of videos on like like releasing and stuff at home so if you're like listening to this and you're like oh I really want to try releasing like you can literally scroll through her Instagram page and she's got videos on videos I literally save like everyone I just I love mm-hmm. it all. So if you're somebody that really wants to focus more on releasing and doing a little bit more of that, like myofascial work on yourself, do it. And then if you, like she said, like, if you're able to try to get some massages in definitely do, because that can help so, so, so much. So I know you kind of like touched on this, but I know a lot of women like really struggle with like making like swaps to their training routine when they're in their menstrual cycle. So I don't know if you have clients that like struggle with like, Oh, they're feeling guilty because they don't have the energy to work out when they're on their period. But like, what do you say to them and what kind of helps them navigate through this? Um, well, I would, before we even start working together or start a program, I'm always like, realistically, how many times a week can you like work out? Right. Um, for me personally, because I'm like someone who I like my routine and it sucks when you get thrown off. Like if you're like, I have this plan for the week and then none of it, you know, goes as planned. I always give myself I'm like, OK, I can get three days of healthy activity in per week. Me personally. Right. I would love for it to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes it's Monday and then I don't get to do anything until Friday because my period week. Right. Or like when I have ex- around ovulation, I actually feel the worst um so I'm like give yourself a realistic number of like if you know things don't go as planned I can still get two strong days in or three strong days in or whatever it is so that you don't feel like you're like falling off right the second part of that I would say is like you're showing up for yourself is going to look different week to week 
and like certain weeks you might just need to just go for like a walk and stretch and release or just lay on the floor and do you know breath work and that's beneficial to you that week so that is like part of the program and you have to keep reminding yourself that because it is frustrating if you're like oh I wanted to have you know a heavy leg day and I can't eat I have no energy to do anything it's like okay so what can you do you feel better for this week and next week chances are you're going to be have like you're gonna be able to kill it next week right um so I always set everyone to like what's realistic for you with that goes with your schedule like right if you have like a really crazy work schedule or if you have kids or whatever it is what's realistic for you and then keeping in mind that those like what some might call as like off weeks that's also part of the program that's when you learn the most about yourself anyways right when you're like going through it that's when you want that's when you create your toolkit to help you down the road and like your off weeks become less frequent they become not as and you don't see them as off weeks anymore yeah exactly like you need those if we didn't have office we wouldn't be coaching (laughs) the way that we are like you wouldn't be able to help anyone you wouldn't be able to help yourself so like you have to remind yourself and granted that's easier said than done but remind yourself that like this is part of the program too you said that so 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 well love that so and we've talked about so much in this episode and you shared so much helpful information but if you were a fellow, like you were a, like a babe with endometriosis who just got her diagnosis, like what would you want to hear? Like what would be one piece of advice you would give to somebody who just received their diagnosis? Um, I would have to say that, you know, someone telling that you're telling you that there's like no way to help you, no, you know, no holistic way to like help your symptoms and that you're just going to be like sick forever is you need to go find a new (laughs) a new doctor and find someone who's willing to sit down and have a conversation with you and come up with a game plan i am like any type of coach or you know functional medicine specialist someone who's going to sit there and help you because it is overwhelming much information online and everyone's experiences are different we all have different like lifestyles that we're coming from different work schedules different everything right Having someone sit down with you and help you come up with like a manageable plan, that's something that I don't think I had in the beginning. And it takes so much stress off of you. So yeah, finding the right help, finding someone who's going to sit there and listen to you and not tell you that, oh, it's just bad periods or, oh, like your symptoms are like crazy or, oh, here, just like shove medicine at you that, you know, without addressing, without trying to find like the root cause of why your body in particular is, is flaring up. Um, yeah. Get a good team. It takes a village. <laughs> Got to advocate for yourself out here. Yeah. hundred percent. You really do. Okay. So, and where can people find you? I know I've been talking about your Instagram, but now I want everybody to go follow Anne right now. Go look through her posts, save them, yes, try them on DM yourself. Me. You will benefit. Shoot her a message. She's super <laughs> friendly. Yeah, my DMs are open. Um, you can find me for Instagram. It's just my full name at A-N-N-E-E-V-A-N-S-B-O-D-Y. So Anna Vince Cody, my DMs are open. If you guys ever have, I don't know. I was just saying I don't talk about endo enough <laughs> anymore um, just because I'm in, busy with my one-on-one clients and I would love to be forced to talk about that more. So yeah, my DMs are always open. 
Heck yes. Yeah, and I'm going to drop her handle in the show notes below. So like I said, give her a follow. And it was super awesome having you on today. It was such a great combo. So thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Hey, babe, my Holistic Harmony group coaching program, a 12-week program to restore hormone balance, is launching on April 3rd. This program is for you if you are a woman who struggles with painful periods, intense PMS symptoms, cravings, fatigue, bloating, digestive issues, you're wanting to learn how to best support your body when coming off of birth control, you're wanting to optimize ovulation and fertility, or you're a health and fitness coach who is wanting to learn a little bit more about women's health and hormones so that you can incorporate it into your coaching with your clients. All of my podcast listeners will receive a 10% off discount for this program. So if this is something you're interested in, please shoot me a DM on my Instagram at radiatewithrita and I will see you guys there. (music) 